The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. If you haven't turned the show off yet, here's Brandon. And it's time to close out another week here on The Brandon Peters Show. Joining me once again from earlier this week is writer Sharare Drury. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Hello, hello. Welcome back. Today we'll be discussing the 1996 music video for Ready or Not by the Fugees. It was the third single from their mega hit, Sophomore, and is far as we can see right now final album the score from 1995 which went six times platinum sold over 20 million copies and featured the other singles fujila killing me softly and no woman no cry the song samples bodacia by enya Mm -hmm. and the chorus is a riff on ready or not here i come can't hide from my love by the delphonics enya who was going to sue the Fugees for this, but then found they weren't gangsta rap. So I guess she was okay with it <laughs> and settled out of court. Still, she still took money. Right. She When she actually, I guess when she listened to them, she was fine with it. So she just did this off of somebody being like, yo, they sampled your song. Right. Essentially. And she probably looked at the album cover and stereotyped. Right. Sorry, sorry Enya. No, I mean, that's, I that's basically where we go with that. <laughs> right. Uh, the video was directed by Marcus Nispel, the director of the Texas Chainsaw remake, the Friday the 13th remake, okay. the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian. He comes from music videos. He'd done uh, videos for Color Me Bad, Sheila E., CNC Music Factory, and Vogue, Faith the War, George Michael, Mariah Carey, Lisa Lisa, and the cult jam, Aretha Franklin, Cher, Bush, Simply Red, No Doubt, and Spice Girls. The no doubt one was Spiderwebs, by the way. So yeah, he's got a lot of Yeah. Got a lot of stuff there. And this video like set the tone for like the hip hop videos to end it. I was gonna the- say it's a one of I mean, for big. its time, one of a kind big, mm-hmm. wild, expensive. Huge <laughs> like helicopters, like all sorts of stuff. Right. This is where it comes following Killing Me Softly, which was humongous. Like you could not avoid that song their cover of it and this was the one after and it's prize from the fuji said that the reason for the super expensive video he's like people want to see drama man a kid pays 16 dollars for your cd let him see a great video i think he's got that backwards it's supposed to make him buy the cd not appreciate the one he already bought yeah (laughs) i would say right (laughs) I'd be kind of pissed if I was spending that much and then not sure if the turnout for the video was going to be great. Right. <laughs> like you'd rather, yeah, exactly. Be the, I mean, that's why I would buy things. That's why I would get into bands. I'd see videos and be like, okay, Backstreet Boys, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. appreciate what I'm seeing. So yes, I will buy your product. Right. Yeah. And, and this one, obviously they got money because Killing Me Softly was humongous. They're like, go right. make whatever. You exactly. Did, how many banks? All right. Yeah, this one just features uh, Prize. He's being like chased 
by helicopters on a jet ski firing at him. There's like a Guantanamo Bay jail thing. There's a submarine. It's so cinematic. And it's very like, yeah, there's like, it's like this espion. I mean, it's cinematic's probably obviously the best word to describe it, but it is, it's because of it being such a one of a kind. I mean, like, I feel like at the time, this kind of a video, you're like, I, I honestly wonder what were the discussions in this room right. of like, the lyrics to this video and what makes them think, I mean, I get it to a, to a degree, ready or not. Like I, I get it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a trip. I'm even just like, I'm scanning through the video now, like looking at different felt stills Yeah, and it's beautiful and intense. It feels like a like Charlie's angels or something is about to happen, like some insane battle. But I also, I appreciate it because I, you know, what's interesting is like, I'm such a music video nerd. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in like high school, there was a period of time where I, I wanted my job to be the person who made music videos. Okay. I I do think it's a bit of a lost art at this time. I still think every once in a while you get a good music video. I don't think I don't think they make them like they used to. But they're to. not important anymore and there's no money no. in them. unless you're Lady Gaga there's no money in them. Yeah, I think that's probably it. It's also but also it's kind of like the experience of seeing these like when they came on TV mm-hmm. and you watch them or it's like a premiere. Getting, Ooh. We got like new, getting excited to we got watch. got a new 3 minutes to watch. Yeah. Exactly. It's also just I think I don't know. That's probably just because this is the '90s. I'm a I'm new on TikTok, and I see people spoof this stuff so much, like joking about '90s, like '80s a bit, but like '90s music video styles, especially when it comes to like hip hop and rap. Yeah. Just because it's incredible, and you obviously see how it is spoofed, like today, like people are trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there was a recent like Selena Gomez video where like I could tell where she was trying to go with it. Like she seemed like she was trying to get this like 90s like hip hop feel of like there was um a lot of really odd set pieces yeah. <laughs> and, and like really futuristic clothing was going on, which was like yeah. such a vibe. But I don't know. You you don't they don't make them like this anymore. No, but also and- it's the Fuji's too. So like I mean, it's Lauren Hill and stuff who I like adore. So yeah, and this <laughs> Like the the eighties was like the launch of the music videos as a as a regular thing. I mean, they weren't the first. I mean, the Beatles were making music video type things back yeah in the day. But um, the eighties kind of explored like what music videos could right. be. In the nineties is where they became like art. And right here in the later half of the nineties, probably starting here, they kind of figure out hip hop figures out what it's going to be other than party videos because a lot of the hip hop videos are just yeah. we're just hanging out having a party here. There's there's it's a chill girls vibe. and guys. There's beers in the fridge. We got weed. It was like I say, it's a vibe. Like it's a very like yeah. you're chilling at our home aesthetic. Yeah. Because it was very approachable. And I think despite this, literally feeling like again, like you're like you're about to sit. Like this is like the intro for some insane movie that we're about to watch. Right. Well, I can, think. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you can tell right away how Marcus Nispel gets picked up by Michael Bay to direct Platinum Dunes movies. <laughs> like they've got. <laughs> shared talent here and it's yeah it is insane just like chases lots of fast cuts and stuff the the polished look of it and i mean it's just interesting and is lauren hill in any of the action stuff i couldn't 
make out. I, th- I think she's she in the submarine. Like, she's just serenading everybody. And she climbs into the submarine at the end, but I can't right. see her. I remember seeing her on like a the buggy. There's a buggy. Yeah, there's a dune buggy type chase thing. Uh, there's a fight. There's a torture. Praz gets there's, tortured. There's under. There's like underwater action happening. Right. I mean, it's it's. So I want. How much did this like thing cost to make? It's got to be. Because I'm curious in terms of like what was like the most expensive of this time frame, but like for this like being the first. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm seeing here it's 1.3 million dollars. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, for a music video for th- four minutes. Like, I can't. And the thing is, you do see videos today that are over the top, but like, I, I again, I just don't think they're as worth it <laughs> as this. But also, this was a time frame where like this was so fresh and new to see, right? And again, it's just like this group. Like, I, I mean, it's it's a whole it's a whole experience. <laughs> their, their last video, they were sitting in a movie theater watching their previous music video. That's. That's, that's what their last you video was. Like a freaking Mission Impossible. Right, yeah. Which just was used on the trailer for Rogue Nation, this song was. I uh, speaking of Mission right. Impossible. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And uh, Lauren Hill apparently, during recording, quit the Fugees during this song. And what? she recorded a chorus and then had a, I don't know, moment of reflection and came back to the band and re-recorded okay. And, and joined up again. But there's obviously, I don't know the history of the Fuji's inner dramas or anything with them, but they did not go on after this album. And No Woman No Cry is a heavy Wyclef song for their final single. And they all went solo afterwards, which Lauren Hill had a brilliant, I think she had one album and then just disappeared. And it was a brilliant right. miseducation Lauren Hill album. Wyclef annoyed us. Someone please call 911. Oh. <laughs> You are right. I'm, I'm just this. A lot of this is bringing back like middle school, high school dance right. um, that I sort of don't want to remember. Like some are good, some are bad. Which, but that's also middle school and high school. And, and Praz had Ghetto Superstar, but right. more people remember Old Dirty Bastard and Maya from that song than they do Praz. I would too. Um, uh, I, I mean, when I even just think of this group, I. I mean, Lauren Hills, who comes to mind first, and then White Clef, obviously, like second. I mean, I, I'm a big Lauren Hill stand, so that's that's yeah. where I'm going to be at, and that's kind of who I'm focusing on in this. In this, I think. Also, I'm. I think not so much the music video, but the song. I feel like was used in. I can't remember which of it was, but it was. Was it like a campaign video for Barack Obama? Yes, Barack, it was. It was uh, Barack Obama's favorite song used from his 2008 campaign. Okay, because I, I was trying to remember like where or when it was used, but I remember that being a thing. If that was like a, if it was like an initial campaign video or something, but it's also Barack Obama, so that's why he's a cool president. Because yeah. <laughs> he was doing oh, yeah. stuff like that. He brought cool music in. Yeah, the Fuji, right. I mean, the Fuji's felt like they were making this like, I don't know, hip hop was something different with them and they just were gone right away and it almost feels like we filled that hole with the black eyed peas maybe i don't know oh gosh i mean i know yes i know what you're saying but like <laughs> the black eyed peas is a whole is a whole other trip also with their music videos and then yeah. for you her own I'll run off right. <laughs> and it was funny i was doing my research on it this was not a hit in the u.s like it was it charted okay and stuff but it was I thought it was everywhere. I was like, oh, yeah, ready or not. Yeah, they, they had Killing Me Softly and they killed it again with, you know, yeah, ready or not. But I would have thought. Big maybe, hit overseas, but not not here in the U.S. 
That's so interesting. I mean, for me, it definitely was, but also I will say maybe just had heavy music video play that, and that doesn't. It, it, it might have been that didn't I, I translate. Yeah, maybe it's also like t- types of areas because I mean, like I grew up in the South in Tennessee, where because I mean, I was born in '88, so like for me, it's like '90s and 2000s mm-hmm. where I was from. You were either listening to country or like dirty South rap or like stuff like this. Like those were gotcha. kind of your options. Yeah, there like, are regional things. Like no one believe it. Like the band uh, Social Distortion is massive out in Southern California. Didn't wow. really expand like out out uh, further west. Well, that totally makes sense. Like I would not have listened to. Like I didn't get exposed to some things like Weezer and like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, was really? not, okay. Was not something I. Oh god, you can't get it, like. I, I loved Red Hot Chili Peppers growing up. I went to California. I got tired of Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> when I lived out there. I was like, oh my gosh. I just wasn't. That was just not something I was I was aware of. I But I also think it's it's a lot of things. I mean, where, where I grew up, it's like an 80% black city. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be the music that I listen to and enjoy the most. Yeah. Is like, are those kinds of things. And like country, I didn't even really listen Oh, no. I, I, I was really. around it. I never, it never caught me. I thought Garth Brooks was kind of cool because he had like the heart of a rock star, but that was about, yeah. that was about it. I mean, there's crazy, like the regional thing, that's a fascinating topic too, because like uh, my yeah, of producer of this show, um, Brad Shoemaker, he used to work in radio and okay. he, in Indiana here, they had the hardest damn time. 311, they just could not make popular here. Like they get on the air, they try to push and just album sales here like requests radio things so they because right. they wanted to bring them for concerts and stuff and they just in a big venues and they just could not get it right. to happen now i think now they're fine here but like when they were first coming out and stuff they really wanted to push them and it just wasn't right. working here so that's and when they think when people think of like why isn't bands touring around here tour logistics that's probably what comes into play no absolutely i mean i feel like growing up it's like it's bands like fuji's it's bands or it's it's people like i mean this might be a little after but i mean like because i'm also thinking of like when i was going to dances and like what like what songs were appropriate for me to listen to i mean things like ready or not would have been fine but i mean it's like probably like on circulation for me were i don't know like juvenile and like a tribe called quest and like little wayne like that that's literally my childhood and then you get Mm -hmm. like and then i had like sprinkles of like britney like i'll have people be like you didn't really get into britney spears (laughs) in the like ever and i was like not really not not and like no hate but that just like wasn't like what was being played a lot and i do think it's like what were what were kids listening to around you Mm -hmm. and that's just like if my school was like a predominantly like for a long time black school and then maybe like some white kids and then like a lot of like Latinos and stuff. I mean, that's just not the meat. Like Britney Spears was not on the top of right. <laughs> listening to. It was, right. it was well, stuff like this and getting I, excited about music videos like this versus like toxic <laughs> or, or something. Right. And I think like one thing with the Britney Spears around that time era, I think uh, everybody talks, you know, TRL, very notable. But at the same right. time, there was a, what I think was a pretty influential show on music too is 106 and Park on the BET. That was yes. basically the hip hop yes. TRL, and that show was highly influential in getting artists out there and having absolutely pushing all that other stuff to the side and focusing on R and B, hip hop, rap, and stuff like that. And that was, I think, that was a very influential show on music at the time too. That doesn't yeah, get course. enough credit. It's crazy, but yeah, we get these big video. I think Tupac was doing some crazy stuff too. But he was Tupac, and then after this, I mean, everybody's got boats, 
big lights, helicopters, everything you're doing. And this video, yeah, it's fascinating. To Arts, fuck all these things. <laughs> all, all of the things. things. Hide and I mean, singing. It feels like Mission Impossible slash like a Grand Theft Auto like scene. Yes. <laughs> Gone right or wrong, totally up to you. But I mean, it's, I think it's one of those things where, like you said, like before the vibe was very much like we just chilling with our homies. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what kind of a risk it was to go this route. But at the same time, it's such a memorable music video. And I guess made it worth them $16. <laughs> yeah. Which blows my mind that that was what we were paying for things. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to think about going to Target and like what I was spending on CDs and like driving my parents crazy. Oh yeah. But that, but that is because now I'm, you know, we're in the mindset of like I just listen to stuff on Spotify. Yeah. I just pay my monthly amount. I'm forgetting like what it was to like save up some money to get a CD that you really wanted. And if you fucked that CD up, you scratched it. Yeah. <laughs> I, used, like, I mean, I was I was a new release Tuesday kid. I go to the store, buy the new DVDs or CDs that yeah. I would like every Tuesday. Take a, especially when I was in college, I was mm-hmm. yep. Well, lunch break time, gonna head over to like Best Buy or right. City and <laughs> what we got? What we got? Well, I gotta have some new tunes. Exactly. Yeah. That also I think makes it interesting when we're talking about like what we're consuming because. I lately, like I think in my late 20s, early 30s, I listened to the most diverse amount of music that I've ever listened to Mm -hmm. simply because, I mean, like for me, like I use Spotify. So like I'm just constantly looking at the new artists lists, the new like what's trending in general, just everywhere across all genres. And I'll listen to anything. But yeah, depending on where you were at and the kids that you were around Mm -hmm. at times like high school and college, I mean, that was what you were mostly going to listen to unless like you really wanted to like spend some money yeah. and try something brand new. Right. That really, I mean, for me, I wasn't doing that, but like, cause that was such a choice to make versus like getting more of the artists that you're safe with. Right. Or, or maybe you'd hear something on the radio and like you'd listen again and try and record it. True, <laughs> I true. remember doing that too. <laughs> I, I feel like this was this is a song at least that feels like it could reach across the aisle to people who don't typically listen to yeah, absolutely. the type of music. I feel like the Fugees were a group that could find yeah. a middle ground with people if they wanted they were looking or like, oh you know what, that's kind of catchy and cool. Like I, right. I don't normally listen to that, but yeah, I feel like they're kind of a and I, I don't feel like it's in a point of compromise either. I think the Fuji's were pretty honest with who they were. Too, yeah, absolutely. So. For so, sure. So, yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for another week on the show. Sharara, the next time you appear on the show will be too damn long. And uh, <laughs> thank you for coming back. I've had the best time this week. And let people know once again where they can find all things you on the socials and the web. Y'all can find me at Twitter at Sharare Drury. And if you are Instagram fiends, you can get me there at Sharare Delara. And I have a new TikTok, also Sharare Delara. So come see some quirky stuff there too. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at YSOBlue.com. The Brandon Peters Show returns next week with the second roundtable episode. Sharare is actually part of the first one, but I'm finally doing another one. I know I'm a hypocrite. I said I was going to do it once a month, and I have not. Uh, but until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film discussion. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. 
Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.